frustrated. I'm trying to listen to God. I, I got my own flesh and my pulling me here, my own desires, my family, my friends, all these things is, is, is distracting me from the truth. And it's difficult to give in. Especially when you're young, man. But if you can go through it, you'll come out like gold. If I can go through the fire. They don't want to go through the fire. They want to the lotto and go to Jamaica and the Bahamas and do their own selfish thing. But he said, if you wait till I exhaust you, I give you the desires of your heart. But it's difficult to wait because everybody in a hurry. Technology, it's, it's fast. It's in a hurry. They're angry. They're frustrated. They got time. They're on the cell phone. They want to text message you. Y'all in the same car. You're going to text message him. He right there. <laughs> Know what I'm saying? Everybody hurry. I don't know where they're going, but when they get there, oh, they're gonna be sorry. The faster you try to get there, that career, that money, and you're gonna figure it out that man, it was the journey, it was not the destination. You're in a hurry to get there, to come up, to be this, to be that. And when you get there, you're gonna feel discouraged more than you. Did before you even started to get there. It was the journey. The people that you didn't stop to talk to like me at Chicken. The people at the gas station. You was in a hurry to get there, but it was the journey. It was the gas station. It's Checkers. It's the journey, not the destination. Because the destination is steadily evolving. We always grow in the wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It's always evolving. And we can never obtain it because it's, it's steadily, constantly evolving. The more humble you be, then the more you can be fulfilled with the truth. But when you think you got it and you're on your way, then you're going to get less of it because can't nobody talk to you. You can't stop. You're in a hurry. I would say this. It's a man with pushing a basket. This man right here, they brilliant now. Don't, don't look at the outside appearance. I've seen him in action. He was pushing a basket. And I was under the bridge. And I was talking to everybody except him. He was the last person I talked to. He said, why didn't you talk to me first? He said, I should have talked. He said, don't you ever pass by a man pushing a basket and don't acknowledge him. I, I never do it in my life again. Talk to the person pushing that basket. How's your day? How you doing? I talk to the holy people because they say be careful how you entertain strangers. And most people that they came off the street and they got their career together, they won't even let you know that they've been through it. They try to act brand new. They it's a testimony. What you go through, what you go through, it's for us to inspire somebody else. It's for me to pull the wig ones up. It's for you to pull the wig ones up. We don't go through this because of our own selfish reasons. We go through this to give them a testimony of how far God has brought me. It, it was never about me. I thought about me. Why I'm going through this. He said, back up, man. Who you going to inspire? Who you going to tell somebody about the glory and the grace of God if you don't go through it? Get out of yourself. And once I step back, I've been seeing the deep things of God. And so I don't play with it. I just say, give me my, my portion for the day. 
don't want a lot of things. Just give me enough that I can deal with. He said, I give you, a, but fulfill your bond greater than you can ever ask. I know what you desire. I know what you need. But Lord, give me my portion where I can be grateful. Well, I can be thankful. They are thankful. They are holy. They are grateful. They got a job. They don't want the job. They got 40 hours. You can't work on Saturdays. You can't work on Sundays. Now you got three days. You stay always complaining and griping and murmuring. Stop it. He said, be grateful with the little things. And wait, and I, I put you there. But he gonna put us in a place where they appreciate me in the job. I don't hate going to work. I gotta watch my back, they backstab You making the money, but I can't go to no job because I gotta watch my back. They hate us. Put me somewhere where I love going to work. I can get up and they appreciate my work and I blend in. God say, I'm, I'm gonna put you there, but if you wanna get it, go ahead and get it. What do you think about haters? That's a part of the, the balance in life. They hate, they don't know why they hate. Tell them why they hating sometimes. They don't know they hating. It's just standard thing. They get angry. He taught. Every way he taught them. They hate. They don't even know why. Because they don't to teach them. They don't to take time to let them know why they're doing things they're doing. And that's the whole purpose of life. Let them know what they're doing wrong if you see it. I always knew I was doing wrong. What about when they showed me long suffering? What about when they forgave me, but I can't forgive him? He did, he made a promise. I made a promise, I didn't fulfill it. Then they go off on me. Well, I gotta go off on him because he didn't fulfill his commitment. That's wrong. You gotta teach. They don't know. The only God they know is through you, through your experience. They don't know about church because you can't go to church because it's a business and all the church people, it's a clique, it's a club and they done forgot about God, it's a business. Look here, it's just the world. Ain't nobody being bold and talking about God because don't pray in school, take the prayer out of school, all these things, it's the world. We're getting in a time where God is not popular no more. And if you talk about it, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in God. I believe in this. I don't care what you believe in. Let my spirit speak for me. Let my action. But it was a time when I was just a hearer and not a doer. But you got to balance out. You got to go through the fire in order to be a doer too. You're going to be a hearer, then you're going to be a doer. But don't let people you off your journey. You can't beat nothing. To, it's between your relationship and God. They can't understand you all the time because you're trying to figure out your way. I'm trying to figure out my way. I can't prove nothing to them all the time. I don't need them to figure me out. All I got to do is just be patient and do what was in my ability, my boundaries. I don't need to outstep my boundaries. I ain't got to prove nothing to you. You didn't feel me? No. You can't you feel me. I can't put the expectation on you. Always unfeel me, understand me. So that's wrong. Be humble. Acknowledge him in all your ways. When I do wrong, I say something wrong to offend you. Forgive me. I gotta say it right away, get it over with. If I offend somebody at work, look, if, if they persecute me, look at God trying to strengthen me to show them who I serve. I 
I say I believe and work with, with teaching. They don't know. They don't know why they're doing that, why they're doing that to me. Let, let your light shine among men. They might glorify your Father in heaven. It's real, man. I experience it all the time, 24-7, but I asked for it. I wanted to be a preacher when I was six, but I didn't know the price I had to pay. Much wisdom, much grief, much sorrow. Ain't no other way you gonna get it. But if you can just go through the fire, you'll be like gold. The first thing they do when you go to a pawn shop and take them, what do they do? How do they determine if it's gold plated or, or, or what? What do they do? What kind of test they take it through? When you take the jury to the pawn shop, how do they determine if it's real or fake? They put it through the acid test. They put the fire upon it. This is how we know if we're real or fake. We're going to go through the fire. You're going to have disagreement with each other, but it's okay. You're going to be friends, but if you have a disagreement, it's just a disagreement. That don't mean you ain't got to see him no more and talk to her or talk to her or whatever. I want to go to work. I don't want to go to work because they stressing me out on the job. You feel me? They ain't receiving me with my full potential. And I don't know why I don't want to go to work. I got to understand why. Why don't I want the job? Because something ain't right. And I got to acknowledge it. I ain't going to sell my soul for the job. God said, I'm trying to put you over here. Or I'm trying to let you, let them know through you, let your light shine. But I'm hating on them. Because they ain't feeling me. They don't understand me. Hey Amen. You got to teach them. You see how they flee? Yeah. They want a dollar, want a quarter. He could have got everything that he needed if he just would have been patient, but it's okay. You recording this? Yeah. It's okay. I'm telling the truth. It's alright. I thank God for you. Y'all are blessing to me. A true blessing. I ain't got nothing to hide. My birds are heavy, but when I'm weak, he's strong through me. He speaks through me. The weaker I get, the more frustrated I get with my life. And I did this, I did that. Then the more he speaks through me, the more he takes control of me. That's just what he wants you at. Get frustrated. That's when he gonna speak through you. But you gotta, you, he gotta get you in that point where ain't nowhere else to go but to him. He said, those that I love, I correct them. I chastise them. Solomon was the wisest man that lived. He had everything that man could desire. But one thing God said, leave the fire women alone. But he couldn't understand why he had a desire for the fire women. But see, the Lord knew that they were going to turn his heart against him. They were going to make him idol worship and build a God. But he didn't understand it. And I'm going to say this, the preacher, he searched the world out. He said, I want to know the, the, the basis behind wisdom and knowledge and understanding and foolishness. See, you can't know wisdom and knowledge and you should be a fool, but we don't want to be foolish. That's the only way you're going to get it. You got to be a fool first. How you going to know a fool when you see a fool? How you going to know foolishness if you haven't been foolish? Foolishness, it comes with, it's painful. Because we think we all of that. 
we got a lot of abilities we can create, we can send man to the moon, we can be inventors, but we're limited. If I understand that I'm limited, then that's when God takes control and gives me the wisdom that I, I desire. Humility. Be humble. If you don't understand your purpose, ask God. But ask Him in sincerity. What's my purpose, God? Did you ever ask that question? What's my purpose? Why I'm here? What am I meant to do? But sometimes He can't tell us all at once. It might be too much. Man, we, we, we can give our feedback. We can start right there and, 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 and do the whole power call off that lecture right there. Man, I hope that, I think that fits perfectly with what we're going to be finishing up today. Uh, well, no, we're not finishing up today. After difficulty comes ease. Uh, I saw that a couple years ago, man, and uh, it came to my mind. This morning, I said, man, let me play this thing this morning. I seen it pop up on my timeline. I said, man, that'll be cold right there. So I know he was hitting on some of the some of the areas that some of y'all and some of us are at. Uh, if you are tuning in on YouTube and or Facebook, go to www.imline.com. Uh, <laughs> go to uh, text the word nation to 833-276-7174. Text the word nation to 833-276-7174. And if you guys would like to be my guest this Friday or Sunday at your local Muhammad Mosque, then you can go to www.noistudygroup.com. And the team, whoever asking for that video, we'll put it in the telegram for you. All right, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, surely I'm being turned unto thee, striving to be upright to him who originate the heavens and earth, and I'm not among the polytheists. Surely my prayer, my sacrifice, my life, and my death are all for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. And also Shahasi, this I'm commanded, and I'm of those who submit. O Allah, thou art the king, there is no God but thee, thou art my Lord, and I am thy servant. I've been unjust to myself, and I confess my faults. So please grant me protection against all my faults, for none grants protection against faults but thee. And guide me into the best of morals, for none can guide me into the best of morals but thee. And turn away from me the even then decent morals, for none can turn away from me the even then decent morals but thee. And all our blessed Muhammad, and bless the true followers of Muhammad, is thou their best Abraham and the true followers of Abraham, for surely thou art praiseworthy magnified. And all our make Muhammad successful, and make the true followers of Muhammad successful, is thou that make Abraham and the true followers of Abraham successful, for surely thou art praiseworthy magnified. Amen. Hey, I want you to press the number one in the chat. If this is your very first time being on the Zoom call for the power call, uh, go ahead and press the number one in the chat. Hopefully we got some fishermen in the house that's bringing new guests on. So we want to shout out Don. We want to shout out Maya G. Come on, who else? Who else? We got any more new members in here this morning. Shout out to Don and Maya G. Um, we got... Bishop not following direction, president number two. Shout out to Tony Tyler. Shout out to Marcus. All right, all right. I hope you guys enjoy the power call. Uh, when you guys, when we start this message today from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, we want you to take notes 
for yourself. Uh, you'll see the telegram inside of the chat. Uh, Brother Wesley, he'll put the telegram link where you guys can join. Great question, because once we start this message, we are going to cut the chat off just to stop any trolling or distractions. So the chat will be cut off. Um, you can do your feedback or bearing witness and all that type of stuff inside the telegram. Okay. Um, another thing. Yeah. I think I already said that as we're watching a lecture and things of that nature, make sure you take notes because we want you to share something at the end. We always ask for your feedback. We always ask for what stood out for you. And there's a three to five minute, three to five minute, um, timer. Okay. So, uh, whenever your time is winding down, the team will send you a DM and say, hey, your time, you, you got one minute. All right, so let's try to wrap up your point. Uh, and if you don't wrap it up in time, you're just going to be muted. And then we're going to go on to the next person. All right. Let's get to it. Master's footsteps. And I'm willing to die to see the people free. Now they're so afraid of me, they're plotting night and day. I said, plot on. Because I already know I have a rendezvous with destiny. I already know what's coming down the road, and I've been born to meet it and overcome it. You will never kill me. You will never kill me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Sorry about that. It's something when the white man can't frighten you anymore. It's something when a God has come into your life and made your heart at ease. It is something when you feel you are in his bosom, wrapped up in his power, that no man can get to you from where you are. I am like that in your midst. They can't touch me. They can't harm me unless it pleases Almighty God. And if it pleases God, I am ready. Been ready. I'm not on Reverend Jackson's platform. I'm on my own. So don't accuse me of saying something against the candidacy. I'm on my platform and I can't stop speaking. When I met Reverend Jackson, I was already speaking. Condemn me as a liar. You can't do it. I said Hitler was wickedly great. He most certainly was. Satan is great. Otherwise, he couldn't be a fit opponent for a great and mighty God. Satan is great, but he's not good. Charlie Chaplin 
call Hitler the great dictator. None of you raised your voices. You called the depression the great depression. Many people suffered under it, but you call it the great depression. I said Hitler was a great man, skilled and wickedly skilled. I spoke absolutely truth. In order to destroy what I said, you might as well tear up your dictionary. Why then did you say he had a good name? Because he struck terror into the hearts of his enemies. And if I am striking terror into the hearts of those who have terrorized black people for 400 years, then my name is a good name if it frightens you into doing what is right. Well, Mr. Farrakhan, uh, uh, the Civil Rights Commission has said that uh, Jesse better leave you. What do you got to say about that? Why, the president himself <laughs> said that you're a bad fellow. And... Uh, one that looks like he's going to be the nominee of the party. Why, he said your words were poison. What are you going to do about that, Mr. Farrakhan? Nothing. This is a little different kind of fella than you used to dealing with. By the grace of Almighty God. I don't fear the censure of any censurer. I represent a new generation. I'm not a young man, but I represent a new generation. And you know what? So do you. You are not the same old Negroes. You are a new people. I recognize God in you. And that's why I bow to my brothers and sisters because I recognize God in you. When I see Nasi, I see Elbin Israel and all of my brothers and sisters in the Hebrew Israelites, I bow. Why do you bow? I see God. When I see Rabbi Ben Ami, why do you bow? I see God. When I see strong black men like Jesse Jackson standing up, refusing to bend his knees, I bow. Why do you bow? I see God. When I see these young men who are gangbanging right now, swaggering down the street with a mean look on their face, I see God working in those young people. 
When I saw my little sister here, 12 years old, seeing her that song about Jesse, I bowed. I knew I was looking at God in that little 12-year-old girl because God is making us a new people. This is a new reality, a new day. That's why Jesse says our time has come. Our time has indeed come. I wonder, do you recognize the spirit that is moving in you? It's not a common spirit. It's his spirit moving in you and me. You're a new woman. And you're a new man. The Quran says Allah will raise up a new generation. Why a new generation, Allah? I don't like the old one. Moses had to wander 40 days in the wilderness. And when they got out of uh, Egypt, pardon me, into the wilderness, it was an 11-day journey. Took them 40 years. Why, rebels? People were just full of rebellion. God looked at him and said, it's all right. It's all right. Just let them wander around in circles. I'll let them wander till them old rebellious ones die out. I'll take their children. And they will inhabit the promised land. I don't care if your hair is gray today. You're a new woman. I don't care if your hair is bald today, black brother. You're a new man. You have made it to the hour of renewing. And you and I are being renewed. That's why white folks are pulling the hair out. How can I deal with them? I shoot the same juice that used to lay them out. And they dance. We turn up the juice and we go to break dancing on This, brother. This is a new people. Said now we could break black folks up before. Jesse, aren't you going to repudiate him? No, I'm not. We'll go back and try him again in the next city. He goes to the next city, Jesse. Repudiate that Farrakhan. They said, I answered that in the last city. I said it again. No, I'm not. <laughs> they bite their teeth. They go in the back room and say, good God Almighty. Well, let's offer Jesse something. See, will he get rid of fire coming? Jesse stand up again. No, I'm not. They don't come to me. <laughs> Because I don't want nothing in the world. You can't offer me nothing. You could offer me the presidency, I would turn it down. Because I know what seat that is. That's the electric chair. Now, whoever the next president is, watch the jokes that he gets. You see him going to office looking young, and after a few days, you see the wrinkles pop out on him, brother. That's a hell of a seat, man, because the house is being torn apart as they have sown. Now it's their time to reap. 
God didn't want Jesse in that seat. He's too good a man to be president. He deserves better than that. Brother won Louisiana last night. I listened to white folks announcing it this morning on television. <laughs> Looked like they had locked jaw, you know. <laughs> Trying to make excuses of the, well, the people didn't get out <laughs> like they should, huh? So Jesse won. Man looked like he went cross-eyed for a minute. And can you imagine them white Can you imagine what they're thinking? The gall of this young man, Jesse Jackson. I love that brother so. Don't you? He's different, isn't he? He's a new Jesse, isn't he? They don't know what to do with that new Jesse, do they? God said, I'm going to do a new thing in that day. They can't figure this thing out. Too much fun. You better believe it. I need God to make me totally new. I don't want nothing left of the old. No. That's what the scripture means when it says that I die in order that he might live in me. See, we got to put this old world to death in us that a new world could come to birth in us. It's that that they don't have any power over and it's that that they are unable to handle. Now I'm going to conclude. <laughs> Notice Moses in the wilderness wanted they wanted manna to come down from heaven. I want you to think about this. Talking about food again. Listen well now. David says, Thou spreadest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Jesus comes into the world and notice his words. I am the bread of heaven. Well, that's a heavy word. Then he tells the people, as he's about to leave them, he says, Take my body. Eat it. In remembrance of me. 
this is my blood. And likewise, after supper, it says he took the cup and he told them, this is my blood that I shed for the remission of sins. And I think in some writings it says for the New Testament. Drink this as oft as you can in remembrance of me. Feed on me in your heart. Boy, this man is talking. And people are looking and they don't understand what he's doing. Feed. Hey, I ain't no cannibal. What's wrong with this man? You want me to eat his flesh? Drink his blood. Moses just told us that the blood of all things is unclean. You don't drink the blood of any animal. How then does this man want me to drink his blood? What is this? Now Jesus don't have but a few pints of blood. He don't have enough for everybody that believes to drink. And he don't have enough flesh, poor man. If we all wanted to eat a little of Jesus' flesh, we would eat him up in a short time. You, you know it doesn't mean that. It's beautiful, but it doesn't mean that. Look, Jesus goes away. Peter rises up. Peter's hungry. And this table or sheet comes down out of the sky for Peter. It's a vision. He looks at it, sees all kind of four-legged animals on the sheep. And he was told to eat it. And in the vision, he said, wait, wait, wait a minute. I can't eat them kind of things. That's unclean. And he's rebuked in the vision that what I have cleansed past Perfect tense or present perfect tense. What I have cleansed, you can eat. Peter is trying to figure out what it means. Some of my Christian brothers and sisters say it means you can eat anything. <laughs> and then you lay into that pork chop. Lay into those brains, chitterlings, stinking up the house for days. They haven't even made an air refresher that can move the stench of chitterlings. I mean, chitterlings. I'm glad you. Now you know, excuse me, I, I didn't mean it that way, just, it came out that way, forgive, forgive me y'all, but I kind of smells. <laughs> Here you are, bless your hearts, 
when I leave you today, some of you going home. to get into that kind of nastiness. And then you're going to say, well, it tastes good. There's a lot of things that taste good, but are not good for you. And the hog is one of those fellas. It's a nasty creature. One day I'd like to talk on it and tell you not only what it's made from, but why God permitted it to be made in the first place. It is not good for you to eat. I know you like the bacon. I know you like the ham. And let me tell you, I used to eat it up. So I'm not condemning you, because I loved it too. Every New Year's, my mother would cook a hog head. I used to see that ugly fella sitting in my kitchen. And my mother would make that hog head cheese, you know. We call it in the Caribbean, South meat. Yes, sir. Man, that thing used to taste so good. And when I became a Muslim and went home and told my mother I didn't eat that stuff, she climbed all over me. <laughs> Boy, I raise you on this thing. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't understand. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, when an animal is that filthy, that it'll eat anything and everything and nothing makes it sick. <laughs> that hog is used to clean out swamps sometimes with snakes. Snake lay on that hog, bite him good, sink the venom down, and the hog's still walking. That means that the poison of that animal is greater than the venom of a snake. It is a slow death for its eater. When you eat the hog, this is the truth. You think when you cook it at high temperature that you've killed the trichnine worm that's in it. So you say, well, we cooked it real good. In the South, they hang it up in a smokehouse to cure it. Anything you got to cure means it's sick. And if you couldn't cure it live, it's sure enough you can't cure it dead. <laughs> and here you are, cooking it up now. And that thing got all them little trichnine worms in it. You eat that fella, you digest him, tastes good going down. Hmm. After a while, that little worm activates and it starts moving in your intestines. 
works its way into joints and muscles, forming cysts. You start talking about arthritis. I wonder why I get this pain so. Doctor sometimes will tell you, well, just leave off the pork. You go and tell him you've got high blood pressure. First thing he asks you, what are you eating? Leave the pork alone until your pressure comes down. He won't tell you cut out the pork altogether because he wants you coming back <laughs> to get a few more dollars from you. Your food is killing you. The food that you're eating is destroying your health and well-being. Okay? When that worm reaches the spinal cord, it travels right along that spinal cord into the brain. Once you get it up in the brain, the messenger says you will never get it out of your system. It takes a long time for the trichnar worm to get out of your system. Brothers and sisters, food keeps you here. Food takes you away. Eat the best that your money can buy. Stay away from the poison animal, the pig. No meat is good for you at all. But if you must wean yourself away, start first by not eating hog. Don't do it. If you want to Make a little test. Get a little piece of hog. Put it under a glass and leave it there for a few days and see what you come back and find. You notice our eyes, they're not white, especially the men. Women's eyes are clearer because they have a natural system of cleansing their bodies once every 30 days, but poor you, brother. These eyes all yellow, you know, red. Just don't have a good color in the eye. It's just bad food, bad drink, taking you slowly away. When you eat hog, it slows down the mental process. It sounds the mental powers and it robs you of your beauty appearance. You notice how Muslims kind of have a good look about them? You notice that? You know we look different. And I know, you know, whether you are man or woman, when you look at Muslims, you see that clean look in our faces our eyes kind of bright. It's not that we're any different from you. It's just the food that we eat makes us cleaner on the inside. You are beautiful people if you stop eating foods that damage your powers of thinking and you think bad thoughts and eat bad foods and you become a very ugly people. You don't want to be ugly, do you? These people telling you, try this skin cream and that skin, you will have pretty skin. <clears throat> try stop eating that bad food. 
Try fasting a little bit. Your skin will get so pretty. Your eyes will be so bright. People will ask you what kind of beauty treatment you're taking. And truth is the best beauty treatment that any people could receive. Now I think I can go home, let you go home. The food, the food that Peter saw was not actual animals. It was human beings who were unclean. But God wanted Peter to stop hanging out, and so to speak, with the Jews and to stop going among the Gentiles who were called unclean because God was getting the Gentiles ready to receive the message of Jesus Christ. So Peter started consuming the Gentiles, consuming meaning making them a part of the body of Christ. That's what it means. Paul comes along and takes it up and he becomes the great preacher or apostle to the Gentiles. Is that right? Okay. How does that translate into today? 1984. Muslims, bear with me now. Now, I'm sure that most of you who are learning of Elijah Muhammad you now must think, who was this man really? We didn't like him so much when he was among us. Those of us that heard him and we didn't understand him, it was kind of frightening the way he talked about white people, you know? And prophesied the doom of America. Now, beloved, this coming Friday is not for the public. But God willing, I hope to do 10 to 14 hours straight of taping, videotaping. Scholars are coming in from around the country to question me on the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad from the making of the devil to the concept of God to food to the role of women, to the tragedy of the Malcolm era, what happened with Imam Waradin Muhammad, all the way to the modern times and the critics and what they have to say, the program of Elijah Muhammad, his position and where we see ourselves going in the future. There'll be scholars, great eminent scholars coming of religion, people that have watched the nation for years and we're going to put this on tape because we know the press will never tell our story the television will never show our truth this is something we have to do ourselves and if we have to pay for it we will show it to the world hour after hour after we raise the money to put it before the world now I say that to say, would it be show it to the world to do ourselves? And if we are truth, story. The television will never show our truth. This is something we have to do ourselves. And if we have to pay for it, 
we will show it to the world hour after hour after we raise the money to put it before the world. Now, I say that to say that what Elijah Muhammad taught, I mean, it is the truth. This coming Friday, God willing, I want to go into the making of a devil. And right after that, I'm going to teach it on the radio. I hope that we will have sufficient time to show you why Elijah Muhammad used the language to white people that they are devils. We don't want you to just go out calling names. That's ugly and it's childlike. But if God used that language, why did he use it? What message was he trying to say? Can white people escape that which he called them? We got to put it out there. There's a lot that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught that most of the people of the world have never heard nor reasoned with if you did hear it. Now, beloved, putting it in a modern context, this man stood in our midst for 40 years and there was much that he could have told us. We just were not ready. What about his domestic life? What about the things that Malcolm charged him with? Is there truth to it? If so, how should we look at it? The world has to know these things. You know why? We have got to put to rest the fighting among ourselves. We have to put it to rest. There are people in this audience who adore Malcolm and think well of Elijah Muhammad. And there are people in this audience who adore Elijah Muhammad, think well of Malcolm, and there are some who adore Malcolm and don't think anything of Elijah Muhammad. There are some who adore Elijah Muhammad don't think anything of Malcolm X. How long should this controversy rage on? Must another generation of children come up wearing the scars of something that happened before they were born? Why not analyze it critically, appraise it, and let it be in the past that the children may go on? I was in uh, Washington, D.C., few weeks ago and a tall stately child looked like a woman to me came up to me as I was standing there and said assalamu alaikum I said wa alaikum salam she said Attila Shabazz here and turned and walked away I didn't recognize it was Malcolm's daughter I said, Attila, because when she was a baby, she was at my knee. And when my oldest daughter was a baby, she was at Malcolm's knee. And Malcolm taught my oldest daughter her ABCs and taught her her student enrollment. And I did a similar thing, not quite as much as Malcolm, with Attila. And there was the daughter of 
Malcolm, within my reach. I wanted to grab her and embrace. Not grab her, you know what I mean. I wanted, I wanted to embrace her. When I called, she put her finger up as if to say, I've gone far enough in words. There's still something between us. I said in my heart, you know, my children should be with Malcolm's children. Malcolm's children and Martin's children and my children and Jesse's children and Emmanuel Dean's children and Herbert's children and all of the children should be together. We must break down these barriers. Don't you think we should? I do. Beloved, Elijah Muhammad was a greatly misunderstood man. He is gone from us. And I feel it's my duty and my obligation to help others to understand him. Someone wrote, Farrakhan is carrying a lot of baggage, meaning carrying the, the baggage of what the people have said about Elijah Muhammad. That's very easy for me to carry. For he carried us. And we were heavy weights on him. But he didn't mind that. So I don't mind carrying his teaching and his message. And whatever the critics say about him, I will carry that. But I do think now we need to understand and get it behind us so we can go on with the work of building a great people. So, I say, in conclusion, that the food that God has sent down is a food that will rest our hearts from the pain of division. Isn't it beautiful that Christians and Muslims and Hebrew Israelites can stand together, laugh together, eat together, work together, 
fight together for the glory of God? Isn't it wonderful that... that Hebrew Israelites and Muslims and Christians can sit down together at a common table. We have differences of view, but we handle it with such love and respect. The love is so overpowering, it makes our differences sink almost into nothingness. Now look, brothers and sisters, if those white Christians and Jews and Muslims can't get along, we have to show them how it's done. We must not allow the old Jews, all Christians, all Muslims to put their hatreds on us. We are trying to bring in a new world so we cannot carry the baggage of that old order. So when you sit down together, the Muslim sister, the Hebrew Israelite, your dress is a little different, but yet long and respectful. You look at each other, you admire each other's styles. Pretty soon you'll say, I like that. You know how women are. I like that. Pretty soon you make a dress like that. She may look at something that the Muslim sister has on and say, mm, I like that. Before you know it, you won't be able to tell one community from another, brother and sister. Look at our Christian sisters and our Christian brothers. Here we are together. Nobody looking down at the other. We're looking at each other to learn from one another. You have much to teach us. We have much to share with you. And together, look how we learn. And before you know it, the Muslim, like I watched the Muslims when we were at T.L. Barrett's church. I peeped y'all. I know y'all peeped me too. Did you see me sitting there patting my feet? You see, we don't have music in the temple. You know, and I'm, I love music. So when I go to church, I mean, I just can't help myself. When they start to laying in there with that heavy music, I go to patting my foot, you know, and I have been very, you know, austin. But now, you know, your brother just break loose, you know. Go ahead. And I feel at home in the church. I'm getting something there that I don't get here. And when they come here, they get something here that they don't get there. Sisters start wrapping their heads. Other sisters said, what is that you got on? Why you do that? I like the way that looks. Before you know it, she wrap her head. Where did you get your head done? It looks so pretty. Oh, I got it done over here. Oh, that, uh, well, give me her name. Before you know it, you're all meeting in the same places. When you see each other, you rush into each other's arms. You embrace each other. You don't seem like you're strangers. You are a family. And this is 
what's driving the white man crazy. He don't want to see us recognizing each other as a family. It's over. It's a new day. All right, brothers and sisters. Oh, man. What a message this morning. <clears throat> what a message this morning. Go ahead and raise your hand on the Zoom if you have something that stood out for you from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I got a few notes over here. But go ahead and raise your hand if you got something that stood out for you. If you are tuning in on YouTube or Facebook, uh, you can text uh, the word nation. It's actually scrolling at the bottom there. Text the word nation to 833 276 7174. It's going to respond with the Zoom link and the passcode for you to come on every morning to share your feedback towards the end. Go ahead. You want to go first? Yes, I did. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. So, for me, what really jumped at me um, more so is the when he said, if you couldn't cure it alive, you sure <laughs> can't cure it dead. Um, food keeps you here. Food takes you out. Eat the best that your money can afford. And I recently learned, um, I'm a turkey bacon eater, but... Um, I recently learned maybe about a, f a few months ago that if you do choose to eat like um, turkey bacon, for example, you should get the uncured meat. I never knew that. I didn't know, understand why. So to hear him say this um, is it, it, it hits home for me. And um, I'm y'all know I'm a big health advocate as far as the food is concerned um juices and things like that and i absolutely love and adore the fact that within the nation of islam we really really teach and push eating healthy eating to live not just you know living to eat um absolutely love it love 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 it and then my second thing was if understanding and light and this is paraphrase of course if understanding understanding and light is shed on the whole situation we can get on with the business of building our people. And he was talking about in that sense of how his children should be with Malcolm's children, Jesse's children should be with pretty much everybody's children should be building with each other. And that is so major because um, once my great grandmother passed away, it was almost as though my family literally everybody took their children and went to their little corner of the world. And that's not how we were initially raised um, with my great grandmother being the matriarch. She kept everyone together. And that was so important for me growing up. And now me and my cousins aren't as close as we used to be. But if we were able to do that in our communities um, with the leaders that we do have now and set that example is, is there's no telling where, where we'd be able to go just as a people in general, not even necessarily with in the nation of Islam or Christianity, um, but just black people building on on top of each other. I think that would that was amazing to hear. Yes, ma'am. What first thing that stood out for me was when the minister said, "I was born to meet and overcome it. I already know what I have to face." And it made me think about, of course, closing the gap, where the minister speaks about him being shaped in the womb and being pretty much prepared from birth to be who he is now. 
And um, it just makes me think about whatever you're going through. Uh, focus on you. Focus on you and, and your difficulty because trying to do what somebody else was born for may cause you to struggle. The minister, was it the minister, somebody, or was it probably was Eric Thomas? Somebody was saying it. When you are trying to be like someone else, that's work. No, it's Brother Neary during Mind Wars. When you're trying to be like somebody else, you know, that's work. When you just be yourself, that's who you naturally are. So the the difficulty and the trials that's going to come in your life is nothing for us to be worried about if we believe he's not going to put more on us than we can bear. But the way that you're raised, the experiences that God allows you to go through, God know what he was doing. He He knows the the, the, the trials potentially that will come up. We all know that we are said in the Quran to be tried at least once a year. So what we go through, uh, we're, we're born to meet and overcome it. And as FY, you know, that's something that we say we are to meet and overcome all obstacles. So that was something that stood out for me is that when you simply accept your own and be yourself, who you already are, God has already put the ingredients inside of us to be able to handle that which will come, but we don't access those ingredients by ducking it. We don't access those ingredients by, you know, maybe sometime just living, but there's some work, there's some trials and difficulty, as the minister says, and I study guys, it's the trials and difficulty that brings out those sublime qualities that are inside of us. So that's the first thing that stood out to me. I see brother Wesley up there. Let me hold on. Don't speak yet. Let's make sure I got the zoom on you. Oh, cause that ain't it. Okay, go ahead. Salam alaikum. Uh, what I what kind of stood out for me at the beginning is when he spoke on really the deceptive intelligence of the media and how they would take certain words and certain simple levels of meanings of words to be able to distract those who are not going to really research what the word really means. So they take the word great. And then try to take that as you saying that it's good because you're saying it's great. But he stressed on the fact that the Great Depression wasn't necessarily a good thing. People suffered and, and went through um, a traumatic experience doing that as well. But we have to be sure, just as Brother Shakur has always reminded us, we need to get a dictionary, get a get an etymology dictionary, understand the legalese and understand the language of the nation or the, I could say the country that we live in and just being aware as well to do the research and do the studying because we can be led in the wrong direction to believe something that is not true because we're not reading and not understanding what is being said and not getting the context, not getting the deeper meanings of these words, only being surface level. So um, I, that's really what stands out for me and just emphasizing that we have to be able to read and do the research for ourselves and not just be followers of just things. Assalamualaikum. So, another thing that I wanted to mention was when we say the hashtag, we are, we are Farrakhan and we're striving to help him. I think that in helping him, we also have to have the perspective on our people, knowledge of our people to be able to endure what's going to come when striving to raise us. We are taught, of course, we've dealt with it with the final call, door to door, just dealing with our people and striving to resurrect. Everybody isn't going to be like, oh, okay, man, thank you. Some people are going to cuss you out. Some people are going to betray you. Some people are going to want to kill you. Some people are going to all these different things. So to hear the minister say, I bow to my brothers and sisters. Um, I see God in you. When I see Hebrews, gangbangers, I bow 
because I see God. Once again, the minister displaying that he's not set tripping in religious gangbanging. He said, when I see the Hebrews, you know, uh, y'all know what, what they'll say about us. <laughs> well, I ain't going to say all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, so he sees the God in them, no matter what, you know, their title is, no matter what their condition is. He says, when I see the gangbangers and some who are surface level and judgmental may say, what? I can't believe he said the gangbangers. So what you doing? You praising the Crips? Somebody said this to me the other day on Clubhouse because I was telling the brother, uh, you know, I'm proud of him. Keep going because he used to be a gang member. He said, you know, you don't necessarily leave, but he's, you know, a peaceful man. So I was saying. Man, that's what's up, man. Stay at it. And somebody was trying to point out, man, you supporting the gangbanger? So, no, I just saw the God in them. You know what I mean? So uh, the minister said, I, the gangbangers, I bow because I see God. If we don't see the God in our people, it's going to be hard to resurrect them from the condition that they are in. Because you would judge them, well, misjudge them, and you would say, this is who he is in this condition. This is who she is in this condition, and we won't have in the back of our mind or the forefront of our mind to know they are simply acting other than themselves. And if you don't recognize and realize that they are just simply acting other than themselves, then you don't have the patience. You don't have the endurance that's going to be needed to see this person's resurrection come full-fledged because the first time they disappoint you, forget this nigga. The first time they disrespect you, forget this nigga. So, if, if you can't see the God in that person and you don't realize that God is at the essence of your brother, then the resurrection process is hard and it's going to be hard for you to pay the price of redemption. So this is what's meant by how can you love God whom you've never seen yet hate your brother who you see every day? Well, why is that? It's not that, you know, we haven't can't see God because God works to human beings. We are the real temple of God. God dwells within us. But it's because that at the essence of your brother at the essence of your sister is God so if you hate that which I'm the essence of that's that's made in my likeness and not to my image you're lying so that's what stood out for me that the minister is able to see the God within our brothers and sisters no matter the condition and that's what we have to work ourselves up to you know it's easy for us to clap at that and and and, and fire emojis and and look good but what did the minister have to go through to get to that point Cause I'm pretty sure the minister be mad just like we be mad, man. This nigga, I, he done said it. He he done said I I gotta cuss sometimes to not have to, you know. So it's not an easy process. Oh, I, I realize the black man is God, and okay, and now my perception has changed. That's a process. That's literally rising above emotions into the thinking of God. When you got a brother or a sister on the opposite side lying on you or cussing you out or attacking you, so um yeah, that's 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 work. Um, so let's pass it over to Sister Sheline. Okay, yes, sir. Greetings, family. Okay, so what stood out with me? I, I won't. I'm not going to say it verbatim because a little bit that I didn't hear, but I did hear. I don't care what, and then what came after that. You are being renewed. You are a new man, a new woman. So every day, I telling myself and allowing myself to feel and be renewed as an individual with a new mindset. I do well every day telling myself every day that I am wet, that I am renewed. 
I get closer and I feel like I'm getting closer to Allah because me telling myself that every day, I feel that way and I act that way. And it helps me to shed off whatever it was that I so-called was yesterday because I'm a better person each and every day. I have more life because of that. I have more energy because of that. I'm refreshed. My mindset is healed and renewed every single day. And it also, something was said that your beautiful wife stated with regard to her grandmother, because I was raised with my great my grandmother as well, so, or the lack thereof, because a lot of the, my upbringing wreaked havoc on my mindset. So hearing him say every day you're renewed just continues to help me to shed off the the pain that I endured or that I ended up allowing myself to feel also with this, with not having a family, because as she stated, my family scattered when my great grandmother passed away. So that was, that was what really stood out for me, just knowing and allowing myself to have a renewed mindset so that I can be a better person each and every day and allow myself to get closer to Allah. Assalamualaikum. Yes, ma'am. Sister Yusina. Assalamualaikum. So my takeaways were when the minister said we have to put this old world to death in us, that our new world could come to birth in us, that they don't have any power over us. And it just reminded me of First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty one, where Paul says, I affirm, brethren, by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. And it's just a testament of if we're if we want to become the vicars of Christ, if we want to become a new woman or a new man, then we have to put off the old world, put off the old mindset and work daily to steal that, that counterpart it within us that disallows us to be whom God has created us to be and to become. And the other one was when the minister talked about us, you know, the messenger having been around among us for 40 years. And he went into, uh, you know, touched on the domestic life of the honorable Elijah Muhammad. And one of the beauties of where we are in our nation now is that the, the lies that were told about the ages of his wives has uh, that's been now revealed that they were in fact adult women when when they married so to be in this time and in, in, in this place where we can put that you know people are going to say what they want to say believe what they want to believe but you know the wives have spoken out and they've given their ages uh, of when they were married and it's in virtue magazine. So, you know, that puts a nail in that, that unnecessary coffin. Um, and tend to just study the lives of those, of the women and what they went through and the beauty of closing the, of not closing the gap, closing the gap also, but, and study guy 18. Uh, and, and there the minister talked about, you know, mother Clara and what, and just put yourself in her shoes and the shoes of all the, of the wives and what they had to endure. 
not just amongst the family, but amongst the nation and the hypocrites. And the last part is, you know, finding that commonality between the Christians, Christians and Muslims. My mom, may Allah be pleased with her, just a testament of bridging those gaps and finding those commonalities. My mother was a Jehovah's Witness, but my mother wore D-modest outfits. My mother wore MGT Tams. She wore our garments to work. She wore them to, um, to the Kingdom Hall. She, you know, couldn't wear the headpiece, which she was kind of salty about that. But, uh, but she, she loved our outfits. The sisters here in, in Detroit made her tams for her and would send them to her. So just finding that commonality. And the last one is the gang. You know, you talked about the gangbangers. And um, Mother Tynetta said, I have to go back and find the lecture. I think it was the one that she did, in, uh, one of the ones she did in California. She said, but for the brothers and sisters in the street, all they need is love. And she said, if we could go out there and just put our arms around them and give them love. You know, I have family members who are gang members. I have friends who are gang members. Um, and I always ask them, how's your family? How are you doing? And that's all they want is for somebody to, sh to show them some love, to show them that they care. I don't set trip with them. I don't, you know, have to bring up religion and all of that, tell them what they should be doing. No, we sit down over a ginger beer, a, a bag of chips and some chicken and in all honesty, and we sit down and we talk and we have good conversations. And because of that, you know, they know that I love them. So we just have to get out of our own way and get out of our own head and thinking we're so righteous and so above everyone else. I'm not talking about everybody, but Learn how to love one another, even as God has loved us. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum salam. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Brother Bishop, Les. Grace and peace. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum salam. So before I stick out, uh, talk about what stuck out, I just wanted to... Uh, See, when I pressed the two, this is, I, I meant no disrespect. It was like the second time, like second time being in. But uh, my bad about that. No, I know what you meant. I was just playing. <laughs> so, yeah, what stuck out to me was um, Acts chapter 10. When, when he went into the unclean foods and eating of the unclean and all that. And, and how he brought clarity because most people don't know especially to Christians, that this wasn't dealing with a dietary change, but it was dealing with the Gentiles, House of Cornelius and stuff like that as well. And since that stuck out, it also made me think of uh, Genesis 129, where it talks about, um, and God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. And, you know, being for meat, being for meat, being for meat before the fall, you know what they say before the fall, before sin entered in, it seemed like this was supposed to be our meat. And then through the process and stages of the fall and this and that, we see that we did get a law concerning on what to eat and this and that. So I wanted to just bring up how, when the minister brought that out, it was just like, wow, like someone else got it because a whole bunch of other Christians and others aren't getting it. So, and then one more thing he, 
when you talked about the Christians and the Muslims and the Hebrew Israelites and, you know, everyone coming together, you know, that's, that's, that's how we establish the kingdom of heaven right there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, as we continue, you know, brother X continue doing what you do and we continue what we do, we can truly form that. Thank you. Amazing. That's amazing. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. I have something I wanted to share. I've been looking for it in closing the gap from sister. Uh, Shilan was talking about every, he talked about the renewal process. Um, we were studying some in study group this past last Friday, I'm assuming. So the minister says this. So the minister and the nation are in transition. <clears throat> During this period of transition, those who watch the man or woman in transition may have a tendency to be judgmental. They are not sure of where he is. They are not sure of where he is going. The only thing they understand is where they were and the level of comfort they had where they were. This can sentence them to stand where they were, then misjudge the man in transition before he gets to where Allah God wants him to go. This disallows them to travel with the man who is in transition. Therefore, they stop in the process of growth toward perfection and the process of death begins for the individual or the group. And that, that, that stood out for me because he's talking about a man who's in transition. He's, he's changing. Uh, and in other parts of it, you know, they're they're judging them based on their understanding of morality. He says they're judging him on their understanding of the teachings of the honorable Elijah Muhammad. And what stood out for me is that it sentenced them to death. God is working on you or them or whomever that sister, that brother. And they are in the transitional stage. So the person who is judging or as it says, misjudging, they are the ones who are being sentenced to death because they are they are stopping based on their limited understanding of where they were and they don't have a comprehensive knowledge, which is another thing this part was talking about with Moses and the wise man of where Allah God is taking them. So that's just a reminder to when you are in that transitional stage and you are growing, don't worry about other people and what other people are thinking just keep on letting god work on you keep on letting god you know take you through your transitional stage it's gonna it's gonna look a little rocky here and there you're gonna fall here and there you're gonna make some mistakes here and there you're going to look different to others here and there. i always bring up the minister when he introduced certain things that oh man that ain't the teachings of the honorable they didn't have the comprehensive knowledge of where he was going and why he was introducing it to us and what it would do for us ultimately. But those who judged him, misjudged him and say, oh, he's deviating. Those who misjudged him and said he was wrong. Hey, only them are the ones who didn't receive the medicine that God wanted us to have or wanted you to have because you wanted to stick to your your where you were with what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said when in fact, he said that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told him, hey, I want you to teach the meaning of what I was teaching, the meaning of what I said. So I, I like that, you know, just just stay focused. And uh, those who judge you or misjudge you, they are the ones who are going to be affected, although they may be judging you. 
And you may think on the surface level that because you're being judged, you're the one who's going to be messed up in the situation. No, as long as you keep your hands in Allah's hand, those who are misjudging you in your transitional stage, those are the ones who are on their way to death if they don't correct their perspective. Um, Brother King Cam. Uh, we got Brother Cam sharing. Uh, yes, sir. Can you hear me? Brother Cam sharing. Are you able to hear me? We can hear you. We can hear you. Okay, yes, sir. I'm driving. So, um, but to camel back off of uh, what you was talking about with the transition, it actually made me think about where the minister highlighted in the Holy Quran where it says that this life is a transitory life. And during this um, dispensation of time, uh, in the transition, right, you're going to have where the nation of Islam is being raised and the fall of the power of Satan is coming down and the righteous are rising and people are not going to understand what the nation of Islam is doing and what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is doing. And it's because of us living in that transitory period of time where you're leaving one point of being at the bottom rail and you're going to the point of being placed as the top rail and going from the last and being placed as the first. And in that transition is going to be a lot of people who misunderstand or misjudge or mischaracterize what's, be what's being taught and what's happening. So you can see that happening in real time today so that was a good point that actually wasn't my point or uh but you brought it up so that made me think about it um but then also i wanted to highlight the fact that the minister talked about um you know the unity between the muslims and the christians and the hebrew israelites and not to allow the old thinking and the baggage from the old Muslims and from the old Christians and from the old Hebrew Israelites to come forth into the new world and into the new into the kingdom of God that we're trying to establish. We have to rid ourselves of that mindset. So he highlighted the fact that in uh, Exodus, when the children of Israel was making their uh, way into the uh, into the promised land, that was supposed to be an 11 day journey. And it turned into being 40 years because of the fact that the old mindset of those uh, he, uh, Israelites at that time would not allow them to move forward into the promised land as God had asked them or instructed them to do. So in that same essence, we have to remove that mindset, the old mindset of the old Christians and the old Muslims and the old old. Hebrew Israelites and bridge those gaps and bring forth those brotherhoods and brother Ben you can bear witness to the relationships that we have with uh, certain Hebrew Israelite brothers that work in conjunction with us and you know at every opportunity you know try to come together unify we broke bread together been in each other's homes and things of that nature so we're striving to change that old mindset of there being all of these different groups and sects and tribes of individuals when we all come from one essence. So that's really what I wanted to, uh, what, what stood out to me the most is that that's the mindset we should have. And that's the, that's the spirit that we should have in this fight for justice and for freedom and equality. So assalamu alaikum. Well, salam. Yes, sir. Sister TT. Can y'all hear me? Yes, ma'am. 
um, what stood out for me was the fact that that he he said, and and the fact that I, you know, read it in the um how one of the how to eat to live books, where he said that that they that they say that you're not supposed to eat any meat because I'm a vegan, you know, um myself, you know that sort of kind of stood out for me since I'm a vegan, and and when I read in the if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I, but I, but but I, but I was reading the uh, your How to Eat to Live books. I forgot which volume, but it says something about um, the vegetarians, and 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 it sort of kind of made me think that maybe he was trying to make everybody vegan. Is that what he was trying to do in the How to Eat to Live books? Or Is I he would, trying to make everybody vegan? No, I wouldn't say vegan, but but more so. Uh, towards vegetarian oh because some vegetarians they eat they do eat meat like fish and chicken stuff yeah so he he said it's best for us not to but if you do he kind of give us some options but the only reason i wouldn't say vegan is because you know he talks about raw milk and i know vegans probably would be you know against milk so i don't think oh no i don't i don't drink milk no Mm -hmm. because it come from a cow Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody else, but I, but for me myself, I, I just don't, you know, drink milk. Mm-hmm. I never had none. I had the, you know, a different version of what you guys would call milk, like almond milk or rice milk or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. All right, thank you. Can I say something really quickly in regards to the milk? Mm-hmm. So. I was the exact same way where I'm like, oh, no, I ain't drinking no milk. I'm not, you know, or giving milk from a cow that's supposed to go to a calf and putting that in my body. I'm like, no. But what I have come to learn um, is that it's not the milk itself. It's the process that a lot of these factories take the milk through. So the pasteurization of the milk is... um, where the harm comes into play for our bodies. It strips it of a lot of the natural minerals, nutrients, and things that are healthy in the milk itself. Um, that, that those high temperatures that they put it through. Um, and then um, I learned also that they bleach that milk. So the milk that you see in the grocery stores is not what we're supposed to be drinking, but raw milk, which is illegal in a lot of places is what we are supposed to be drinking. Mm, amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> All right, Sister Shireen. Assalamu alaikum. I almost had an unmute malfunction mm-hmm. and you would have been talking about me. Um <laughs> <laughs> um so what came to my mind was um, really when y'all started talking uh, about being unified with our people and um, when Sister Yasina was talking, um, like we forget we used to be stupid and, and, and out there and doing things that made no sense to nobody, <laughs> you know, but our, but our other stupid friends that we was being stupid with and in our zeal to help resurrect um, young folks and sometimes their parents 
from the street life or, you know, being out there or being extra. We're trying to keep them from making our mistakes. So sometimes our approach, you know, is it can be very um, off-putting. And I know I, I'm, I've been guilty of that plenty of times um, being in, in the school system. But it's not that I don't love them. You know, I love them so much. I don't want to see them go through some of the things that I went through. So, um, you know, I, I, I have been working on my delivery and I can't just be like, yo, chill. <laughs> but I have to be like, you know. How do you think this story is going to end if you, you stay in this situation or you keep doing these types of things and help them, you know, process what their behavior is so that they can they can take ownership of it and and really express how they feel. And, and a lot of times they don't even want to be doing what they're doing, but they don't feel strong enough to do the right thing. So. Um, we, we're dealing with a lot of that with our young people too, especially when the enemy is promoting such vile and disgusting behavior and, you know, giving it a platform. That's what we're up against. So we have to big up our sisters that put those videos out and, you know, make being modest look so fly and they got the bars and, we just got to pump that up and, and be more vocal with our righteous, fun, loving behavior. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Brother, uh, I'm, I'm going to mess it up. I forgot what you said yesterday. Keon. There it is. Keon. Thank you for the, for the parentheses. Brother Keon. Going once. Uh, hello. Yeah, you gave me right to Lake Lake Salon. Yeah, I want to ask uh, what you were saying about uh um about, about the food and fast and uh you know I remember once uh uh Farrakhan breaking down once you know you know y'all always say when he think uh Elijah Muhammad he gained a little weight <laughs> and Elijah Muhammad point the other way <laughs> he sent him in another direction but once he actually told uh the minister to stop fasting so much and I was like man that's kind of deep that's crazy but I guess you know because if you fasting so much you get around the people pertaining to the people in the streets you know you, you feel you went out your audio went out Go, uh, can you say what you said at the end uh, again you said fasting and then it, it sounded like you said the brothers in the streets, and then your your audio went out. What did you say? Oh, uh, no, like, pertaining to the brothers in the street that we see, like the homeless brothers or the people we relate to, teachers to, you know, we, 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 by us being so clean and fasting, you know, we look at them and the dirt that's on them in the sense that, you know, they, they not good, you know, like, like we too good for them, you know, and that's that's how I took from it when Elijah Muhammad mentioned that to him stop fasting so much. But I'm like, wow, like wow, like I'm still trying to master eating one meal every other day. So I'm not going to imagine the brothers who three whole days and once a week, you know, 
Walaik salam. Yeah. Uh when you fasted, man, it it you 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 it do make you irritated a lot faster. Oh yeah. You a lot more sensitive to to stuff. I can bear witness to that. I wish I can quote him correctly. He 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 recently spoke on fasting during a meeting, but I can't remember what he said verbatim, so I'm gonna just pass on it. But he did give some wisdom on, you know, fasting all those days. You know, it sounds good, but it ain't as good as we 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 think uh, doing it often like that. Uh, but I forgot what he said verbatim, so I'll leave it alone. Go ahead, uh, brother Samuel. Yes, sir. Salam alaikum. Well, alaikum. You coming in a little low? I'm coming in low. Yeah, a little low. Oh man, I'm not. On you the you phone on you on computer. Bluetooth or something? Well, I'm on a computer. I might need to get, uh, come back in on my phone. Well, I, we can hear you good enough. You don't got to do all that. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I hope this all come together. I'm trying to tie this to last time that we had. Uh, you know, he said there's many things that I can tell you, but you can't handle it now. I'm, so this aspect, he's focusing on the food aspect. You got to get your food right uh, to get the body right. But when I look at the food and he went beyond just physical food, what food are we feeding our mind that's taking away our bright, our, our, our brightness? You know, and most of us are being fed on a diet of white supremacy uh, through the public food system, you know, 12 years of slave, right? And so we got to uh, um, transition off that so we can have the the best thing. And so, so we have to, I said we have to clean up the food we eat for our, you know, for from our open enemy. Uh, then he talked about solution, uh, uh, uniting the children. Uh, you know, the Bible says, "Send to the fathers visit upon the on the children." So here we have our children are at odds with one another. And I, when he was talking about that part, I was thinking about the part of the Bible that said, uh, "You find a coat and an ass tied, untie them." So we have to untie them from the system that got us eating this wrong uh, of food. I picked that from that. And, but mainly he focused on solution. And I think I wrote something about uh, 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 like in geometry, the way you solve a problem is that you got to first start with what you're giving. Uh, and then you start from what you're giving, you can use some postulates, which is the accepted statement of fact. So we got to come on what we have in common to, to heal the divide, right? And appreciate, like you said, our differences and use those things to, you know, to build on. Uh, uh, a positive accepted statement of fact. The first thing we learn in, uh, in the nation is the actual fact. So we got to start from fact, and we got to start feeding on Final Car Radio. We got to start feeding on Friday Night Study Class. We got to start feeding on those things. And one thing that stuck out in my mind is, he said, women eyes they have an extra cleansing thing. I'm like, wow, you know, that means they can see better. That means it may not affect them as better. That that was some question. I'm still questioning that, right? Uh, but we got, like I said, we just got to put the proper fuel in our, in our body so we can uh, 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 run this race of life and be able to get the best thing for, uh, from it. I, that's some of the things I see from it. I probably have some more stuff I wanted to say, but it's all jumbled together, and I hope something come out of that. Thank you. Aishalam alaikum. Waalaikumsalam. That's interesting you say that. That made me think about, uh, I keep falling asleep on it, so I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> But it made me think about they cloned Tyrone and what, you know, whatever they was putting in the the food. And they put it like in the hair, too. 
So what I interpreted that to be, or how I saw it is, what we what we eat and what's going into our heads um, is allowing them to control us. Because at the end of the day, um, if I can control your mind, I can control your behind. If as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. If our body movement is literally due to the mind is the command center. As Brother Neri said, we are not a body with a mind in it. We are a mind with a body wrapped around it. So we have to be not only careful of what we're putting in our mouths, that is a food, but we also have to be careful of what we're putting in our brains, what we're feeding our, our, our spirit, what we're allowing to go in our ears and defile us. Because obviously we can't control everything that goes in, but we it, it, the scripture says it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, it's what comes out. So yeah, I haven't finished the movie yet, but that's something that that kind of stood out uh, for me. We have to be very careful about what we allow to go into our minds that we think is helping us. And uh, he, Satan is going to always come in our straight path. Um, he comes in the food because we we, we got to eat. He knows that we want to get our hair done. The minister talks about the straight path also being the word. So he's going to come in a way and, and, and make evil fair seeming so that which we naturally are going to need or want or want to buy he's going to come in that path so this is why he has poisoned our food this is why he has poisoned our water this is why our air has been you know tampered with and all this type of stuff so this is why fasting denying thyself is important for us to strive to do so yeah that was just a reminder for that yeah the music too yeah the music was hypnotizing them so yeah it's crazy uh Brother Dion. Yes, sir. Peace, peace. Uh, much, much, much to always, uh, you know, get it from the minister. What I would echo is the love that was spoke about. You had the sister that spoke about love. And that is the main ingredient. And, I, and when the minister spoke about the different ideologies if you will and he said i see god in you brother ben you touched on that um and that's something i want to highlight as well and that's 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 the real power you know which is love and the minister demonstrates that of course and you know i have a i have a business where hebrew israelite um brother has a business next door to me and i remember the brothers congregating outside of their business i came out of the door and they know what i represent and i got you know brother ben i was laughing when you said uh you know you got try try again try try again i can't hear him no more about now what about it, now? Oh, yeah. It was uh, it we was can actually, hear, we can hear him, brother Ben. Yeah, it was my love aspect stood out to me because you know by law's grace I demonstrate that you know that the minister speaks on through the minister and what he demonstrates. And I was saying how I that guiding you know all of that those communities to the one God. That's what he's doing. The minister is so wise and beautiful. We probably all can attest to that. And that's what he's doing. 
you know. So I just want to speak on the love part. There's so much that was gotten from what he said, of course. But just speaking on the love part, I'll end on that, brother. Been on of you back uh, with your internet connection. But I'll speak on that. And if you notice also, the minister's spirit, I mean, his spirit was so high and just, you know, just sublime. And, you know, just him having that kind of spirit, you know, just was emanating, you know, as well. So I'll end on that note. Um, but I just wanted to speak on the love part and attest to us just bringing love, you know, to our people, regardless of what their thinking is. And the love will over uh, come on. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. My and you have my our internet went out and came back on. Uh, we got brother Hambino on here. What's going on, brother? What's going on, brother? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Okay, I just come on here just to bear witness, man, to the uh, the teachings of the Nation of Islam. Uh, bear witness to Master Far Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, because uh, those teachings right there is what resurrected me from my mental death. You know, and I just wanted to bear witness to that right there. I was in the federal penitentiary at one time, and a brother told me to go listen to the minister, and I didn't know who he was, so I ended up going up there and listening to him. And I never had a father figure, so the first time I heard him speak, that was the, like the most fearless man that I ever met in my life. And when I tell you it, it, it saved my life, the teachings of the nation of Islam, I bear witness, man. I'm a living, breathing, <laughs> whatever good about me come from me running into the, the, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan through those teachings. And I was able to just, you know, get out here and do my thing as far as my community because I'm in tune with the brothers of the nation of Islam that's down here. And I'm a part of a, I'm a director of a violence interruption program. So once they seen me uh, stopping the violence in the communities, the the, uh, the lead news investigator ran a story on me for about a week about my past, trying to make me look bad because the uh, the people was trying to give me some money. And the first picture that he put up on my social media was a picture I had of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad where I was saying that the white man has never been able to live in peace among any human race. So... I'm just here to bear witness, and uh, hey, it's a beautiful thing, brother. You know, there's so much more to it that I go through down here just by picking up my cross, but I'm all for it. Peace. Yes, sir. And I'm a lead, and I'm a stand on that. Okay. And they can get in my DM. You can get in my DM all you want every day. Yeah. Shout out to the brother, man. Keep up the good work out there. Uh, we got brother Bryce Muhammad on. Go ahead, brother Bryce. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Pardon me, Brother Ben. I'm driving. All Thanks to King Pretty. Cam for. Uh, Monkey back. But let's stop hurting the back of the veggies when we veggie back. Just a little levity. Love you, family. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum Thank you, sir. Man, my internet tripping this morning. Uh, Brother Tony. <laughs> Brother Tony. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum 
All praise be to Allah. Uh, there's a couple of things that stood out in my mind. And the first thing that I want to speak on is Malcolm X and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad's uh, relationship. And as we look at their relationship, I would uh, encourage us to read the literature of Brother Demetric Muhammad and Dr. Wesley Muhammad to, give, to go into further details so we can research and know for ourselves because this is the propaganda uh, propaganda that the enemy is using to keep our family divided and conquer us. The second part I wanted to go into is the Jews asked Jesse Jackson to repudiate Minister Farrakhan, which is a, a, a tactic of divide and conquer by Willie Lynch. And those of us who have not read that or do not know anything about that, look up Willie Lynch, Google it, or get a book on Willie Lynch and understand the divide and conquer technique. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the the hog and the eating of the swine. And as a man think it's so easy. Likewise, I thank a lot for you, Brother Ben and King Cam and, and your staff for opening up a gym that we can recreate and recreate ourselves in with the food, the knowledge, the wisdom, understanding, and the weightlifting of Almighty God Allah, which is this knowledge that we have today. So I want to thank you for that. I want to ask you to just keep doing what you're doing. And in closing, there's a scripture in the Holy Quran. And I would ask everyone to read it. It's 47, chapter 47, Muhammad, which means one where they praise, one praise much. And it also means war. And the verses are, or the ayats are 33 through 34. And in there, it talks about the Christian. It talks about the Jew. And it talks about the Sabian. The Quran also says that the Christian, the Jew, or the Sabian, as long as they are, I'm paraphrasing it, as long as they believe in truth and stand on truth, then they don't have to worry about a severe chastisement. But we as a people must come together regardless of the circumstances. The Hebrew Israelites, the nation of Islam, Christians, Muslims, and those who don't even say or profess to a, a religion, we must come together as a people and understand that we are one people and don't allow the enemy to conquer us, to divide us, and use these techniques and these baby tactics in order to destroy us as a community. Salam alaikum, and thank you for what you're doing, Brother Ben. Salam alaikum. Praise be to Allah. Let's go to Sister Shamika. I would like to first say that um fire is eat to live and people like eating pork and stuff, like I get like sad like when I see family members like still eating it. And I try to encourage people not that I know <clears throat> excuse me, that I know not to eat it. Um I have been actually I used to eat pork free since like 2018. So um, it definitely, I can tell a difference in my body, uh, how I feel and everything. Um, I feel a lot better not, um, you know, in, in taking the, those products. But anyway, um, the other thing I want to talk about is I come from a family um, that is Christian and Baptist. And some family members have been uh, Muslim. And I have friends that have been in a Jehovah family as well. So um, I do agree about um, uniting and bringing us together. Um, I had um, got saved, uh, i say about 2014. And I, I really would, you know, attend the church twice a week. I did it for like four years straight. I was really, really dedicated. And, um, 
and then I moved. So I wasn't able to travel back and forth because it was like really in my neighborhood where I was able to go. And um, <clears throat> I had, uh, I had, um, sorry, <laughs> this is getting good. But anyway, I had, um, I thought that, um, like I said, to bring those um, things together, I, I just, those you, um, people together, I was just thinking that something was missing the whole time I was still attending the church. I loved it, you know, I love and still to this day love my pastor like another father to me. Um, and um, and as I was, you know, scrolling through social media because I wasn't on it for a, year, for a while, I never stayed on social media. Then I got on it and I ran across like Brother Ben and the videos and everything like that. It just got me like interested. And um, another one other thing is now uh, a couple years ago, um, I had uh, I had uh, started to become like a freestyle hip hop artist, and um, another lady spoke about it earlier about having a woman be modest and everything like that. And I was just like stuck in a position like I'm in. I'm trying to get a different career, and I know that at the same time, be a beauty can be a gift and a curse, um, and that has affected me. Uh, first of all the careers that I had um and I just don't want that to be a problem because you know me going through the transition the transition I have been going through so I think my transition has been going through ever since 2014 when I got saved in church and and been through my trials and my tribulations but um like I said it was just one part that was missing to me and um and like I said I was very interested in joining um the nation of Islam and I think that's the part that's missing and also that um i used to model and back in like 2005 or so and i knew that you know i wanted to make a career have a career as being a classy lady a modest lady you know because like i'm a mom i'm a grandmother and i just wanted to be all positive vibes you know i didn't want no negativity on my name or um the business um because you know um i ain't gonna lie i used to be a big player back in the day because i and I was in monogamous relationships. I have been hurt. So they played so much on me. I learned how to be the best player. But then at the same time, I'm like, it wasn't even worth it. Um, and now I'm talking about the last brother that just got off, um, that was driving a truck, I think. He was saying how he was starting to improve his life and people wanted to donate him money. And they tried to put out his name. Um, basically, I, I was kind of like that. I had people that was giving me, giving me money. And I was helping people, helping people in my community. And a lot of people didn't like that. They got jealous. They made up name. They made up stuff about me. Every relationship I got in, they lied. They lied so bad that to the point a guy was with, he got off work. And um, they like, well, we see here on this side of town driving. And I'm like, I'm sitting right here in front of you. I'm like, are you going to let the people break us up? Like, you know, but that's all I wanted to say. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. We're about to close out. Uh, those of you all who are on Zoom, stay. I have something that I want to talk to you guys about briefly so y'all don't go anywhere. But those of y'all who have tuned in on the internet, thank you all for tuning in. Go to www.noystudygroup.com if you would like to be my guest at your local Muhammad Mosque study group. And if you would like to come on the Zoom with us tomorrow, text the word NATION to 833-276-7174, okay? Assalamu alaikum and uh, we'll see you guys inshallah tomorrow morning.